Welcome back. Today, we're going to be telling the story of Sisyphus. And this is a classic story in Greek mythology that I feel like most people understand the reference, but they don't actually know the myth. So you might have heard the term Sisyphean task, or you might know the image of a man rolling a boulder up a mountain only to have the boulder come crashing down as soon as he gets close to the top. This is the myth of Sisyphus. I try to always teach the myth of Sisyphus because he is often referenced in other literature and he's very symbolic. And so with just a few phrases, a student who reads something about Sisyphus in another novel or in a play, or if they hear the phrase Sisyphean task, they immediately know what this is in reference to. And I want to give students that background knowledge. So let's start with a quick summary of the myth. So Sisyphus was actually a king in ancient Corinth, and he's known as being crafty, deceitful, avarice, and he even killed guests in his own palace, which angered Zeus. Now, this was to kill someone in your own home was considered one of the greatest evil things that you could do. I hate to say the word sin, but it was a sin to the ancient Greeks. But while it angered Zeus, this wasn't the thing that angered him the most. You see, Zeus was chasing after a a nymph named Aegina, and Sisyphus saw him chasing after her. And so when Aegina's father, Aesopus, came looking for her, Sisyphus shared with him it was Zeus that was chasing after his daughter. And, you know, nobody likes a tattletale, I guess, especially in ancient Greece. So this is the the event that, like, triggered Sisyphus and and the myth of Sisyphus. So it's kind of crazy that in ancient Greece you can kill people in your own home, but if you tattletale on Zeus, then you're in big trouble, right? So what basically happened is that Thanatos, who is, Thanatos is the personification of death. Another name or phrase for him is the Grim Reaper. But Thanatos, to personally go and get Sisyphus and chain him in Tartarus as punishment. Well, when Thanatos comes to Sisyphus, because Sisyphus is so tricky and crafty and intelligent, He actually asks Thanatos to demonstrate these chains that supposedly make it so that no one can escape the chains once you're chained up. Well, Thanatos, he's not so smart. So he demonstrates these chains for Sisyphus and in reality traps himself in these chains. And Sisyphus goes on his way and continues living his life. Now, during this time... No one died on Earth because Thanatos was not there to go and get them. And the funny thing is, is that the god that was the most angered by this is actually Ares. Because nobody was dying in his battles. And so Ares is actually the one who comes and frees Thanatos from these chains. Now, in another version of this myth, Hades is the one who was sent to go and get Sisyphus. And 
Sisyphus tricks him into putting on the chains to demonstrate how they work. But because Hades is trapped in these chains, no one can make sacrifices. And so the sick can no longer die. And all the gods threaten Sisyphus if he doesn't free Hades. So there's kind of two different versions of this story. Now, if you hear that name Thanatos and it sounds familiar to you, I hope you're a Marvel movie fan, and you know Thanos, the god Thanos in the last two Avengers movies, when he showed up on screen, and I'm not a big Marvel fan, but when he showed up on screen, I was like, oh my gosh, Thanos, Thanatos, like, Thanos in the Marvel movies wants half of all life, right, to to die, and he is the bringer of death in the Marvel movies, and Thanatos in the Greek myths is the bringer of death and the personification of death. Anyway, I love that little connection. I think it was a little, I think Marvel did a little nod to Greek mythology with that. So, so he tricks death this first time, and then he lives the rest of his life. But right before he dies, he tells his wife, Merope, to throw his body out into the street. Now, remember, he's a king in Corinth, and he tells his wife to throw his body into the street. Now, this is significant. I mean, he tells her this, and then he says, I'm going to test your love for me. So she does it. But in ancient Greek belief, if you were not buried properly you would not be able to enter the underworld. And part of proper burial was that they would put coins over your eyes. And this allows you to pay Charon to cross the river Styx. So on one side of the river is a a wasteland where people wander for hundred like a hundred years if they were not buried properly. And on the other side is the underworld. Now the underworld is not all bad. And in a few weeks, I'm going to do an overview of the underworld in more detail. We're going to do it for Halloween. But for now, you just need to know that because Merope did not bury Sisyphus properly, he could not pay Charon. He could not cross the river Styx. And he complains to Persephone, who is the queen of the underworld. We're going to tell Persephone's story next week. But he complains to Persephone that this was a sign of his wife's disrespect for him. And Persephone feels so bad for him. And she wants to punish this wife because she is a dutiful wife to Hades. Every year she comes down to the underworld faithfully, right? So why can't this human be faithful to her king husband, right? So... Persephone actually allows Sisyphus to return to Earth to demand a proper funeral. Well, of course, Sisyphus doesn't demand a proper funeral, and he stays on Earth. Now, it's very uncertain here if he's like a ghost, or if he's a zombie, or if his spirit was returned to his body that was laying on the street and the body lives again. We don't really know. The myths aren't super detailed in that way. But Sisyphus can't enter the underworld, so therefore he's not really, like, officially dead. And he continues to live. But Hermes, who 
part of his role as a god is to escort humans into the underworld. Hermes actually goes to get Sisyphus and drags him forcibly into the underworld. So Sisyphus was able to trick death or to cheat death two times. And it's not until this third time that he finally enters the underworld. Now, because of his attempt to escape death, he is actually punished. So his punishment is that he has to roll a boulder up a hill in Tartarus just to have it come rolling back down because Hades has actually bewitched this boulder to roll away when he gets close. Now, in the underworld, there are several places, but Tartarus is reserved for the most wicked, the ones who cross the gods. In a Christian sense, it's the deepest, darkest pit of hell where all punishment is born. So it really is a punishment that fits the crime. And this is the hubris in the story that Sisyphus tries so hard to cheat death, but in the end, you can't. You can't cheat death. You you will never win. Death always wins. So Sisyphus's attempts to cheat death are like him rolling that boulder up the hill. And just when he thinks he's going to get away with it, just when he thinks that that boulder will reach the top, it comes crashing down just like death comes crashing down upon us. So the myth of Sisyphus is really a story about the inevitability of death and that it will come crashing down on all of us. And it really is how you accept death. Are we going to accept death and go peacefully across the river Styx and into the underworld and accept our fate? Or are we going to fight against it with everything we have in us, with every trick we have in the be- in our, with every trick we have in the book, are we going to fight death? So this is why some tasks are called Sisyphean tasks. They are insurmountable. So anytime somebody describes something as a Sisyphean task, they're being dramatic, but they're basically saying that I cannot accomplish this task. I will spend my life working at it and pushing this boulder up this hill, but I will never succeed. I think it's really interesting that in the myth of Sisyphus, it really is this human fascination with life after death and a fear of death and a fear of what life is going to be afterwards. So many people try to extend their life on earth. And for the ancient Greeks, they had a very strong belief in fate, that you could not escape fate. But Sisyphus is trying so hard to escape his fate that he ends up being punished for it. I mean, I don't know what his punishment would have been after Zeus sends Thanatos to him the first time, but I doubt it would have been pushing a boulder up a hill for all of eternity, only to have it come crashing down on him. So when I teach this with my students, we talk about their own beliefs of life after death or what they think death is or if they're afraid of it or not afraid of it. We talk about, you know, are things inevitable? Should we fight it? And I pair this with the poem by Dylan Thomas, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, where Dylan Thomas is, 
you know, imploring his own father to fight, to fight back, to fight hard. And it kind of is a bit of a heavy topic for students, but it's something that's universal. And it's something that I think every single one of us at one point in our life is going to face. Are we going to go peacefully or are we going to fight? I think about the number of people in my family who have had cancer. It's pretty much a known fact that I'm probably going to die of cancer. And I have family members who fought it and who fought it hard. And I have other family members who let go and believed that it was their time and they went peacefully. I'm only 40 years old, so I don't quite know yet how I'll take it or how I'll accept fate or if I'll fight death with every fiber of being in me or if I will welcome it like an old friend. I'm not sure. But the myth of Sisyphus really is a good story to kind of bring up this idea of what you believe the afterlife is. And it's a great story to introduce the underworld myths. And a lot of students relate to Sisyphus. And then what's really kind of awesome is that after we read the myth of Sisyphus, usually for the rest of the semester, students are bringing me in memes and jokes or they'll mention, hey, I was reading this and it was the story of Sisyphus or they referenced Sisyphus and I knew what it was. Because Sisyphus is so, I think, integral to that symbolism that comes out of Greek mythology. So there you go. The myth of Sisyphus. And there's actually a podcast from Greeking Out that goes over, I think it's called most wanted. I'll link to it in the description box, but it goes over different stories of humans who tried to trick the gods and they were punished in the underworld. And the myth of Sisyphus is one of them. And so it retells that story in that podcast. So it's a great way to introduce kids to the myth of Sisyphus. And next time we will be talking about Persephone and Hades and why we have seasons. And it will be on a special day, September 22nd, which is the fall equinox this year. September 22nd, 2021. So I'll see you then. Thanks for joining me today on Teaching Mythology. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And I'll see you next time.